0: You are listening to Best Life After Cancer, episode number 49. I am offering a free webinar on May 19th. It is focusing on weight gain after cancer treatment, why it happens, and how to combat it. If you are interested, you can sign up on my website, www.bestlifeaftercancer.com. I will go over the science of weight gain, why this is important for cancer patients, how to work on getting to an optimal weight, and more. I'd love to see you there. Welcome to Best Life After Cancer. I'm so glad you're here. This is the podcast where cancer survivors and caregivers can get solutions and support to overcome the life challenges brought by their cancer diagnosis. If you are ready to release your fear, regain your joy, and reduce your risk, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Dr. Deborah Blitzbach. All right, friends. I am so excited. Today, I have Elisa with me. I know Elisa personally, actually through ballroom dance, and she is just a really lovely woman. She has a really inspiring story. I think you're going to love hearing from her today. So Elisa, welcome.
1: Thank you, Deb. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: I would love it if you would start and tell us a little bit about your cancer story.
1: I would be honored to do that. My cancer story started in 2014. There was a detection through a regular mammogram of very dense tissue in both of my breasts. My doctor wanted to do more tests, specifically ultrasound, what have you. And as a result of those ultrasound results, there was an anomaly that we wanted to pursue further, which turned into a request for a biopsy that confirmed that um, the biopsy came back as cancer. So as of June, of course, we all remember the date that we got that message from our doctor that we have cancer which was for me, June 10th of 2014. I didn't know it was so long
0: ago. Yeah. Wow. For some reason, I thought it was not as long as that. That's a good long time.
1: Yes. Yes. And it's gotten me to where I am now. And I think what was important to note once I heard that milestone in my life. Mm -hmm. There are positive and negative milestones in people's lives. So obviously that was a milestone, a turning point. I immediately went into project manager mode. Project management for myself was not my comfort zone. Mm -hmm. I typically project manage in my professional career. I project manage for my son, for my household, but not necessarily for me. So I put the wheels in motion, and as well as setting expectations. I set expectations for myself. I set expectations for my family, for my friends, for my tribe, because I wanted to make sure from the get-go that not only was I receiving information in the amounts that I could control, But I also wanted to make sure that friends and family had an outlet to be able to connect with me Mm -hmm. without overwhelming me. Because as you can imagine, as a doctor in this field, you get overwhelmed with information. For sure. And I relied on my doctors. I relied on my nurse navigator to advise me to bounce things off of as well as family and friends who may have had opinions or bits of information that they wanted to share with me. I wanted them to have an outlet, but I also didn't want to be overwhelmed.
0: How did you do that? How did you create something where they sort of were able to put in their two cents without completely overwhelming you? I haven't heard that before. I think that's a brilliant idea.
1: So what I did was out of the get-go is I conferred with my sister. Her and I have a wonderful relationship. And she's type A as well. And I sat down with her and I said, listen, this is what I need. Can you be at the helm for any family or friends or coworkers that want to reach out, want to share facts, want to vent? I said, can you be the pipeline? We can also control what types of communication you're willing to manage in that arena and we narrowed it down to email Mm -hmm. a lot of times as human beings just to have an outlet like that without necessarily requiring a response is sometimes therapeutic so i felt that and my sister agreed that email would be the best outlet for that Uh, and as time went on, my sister and I came up with a cadence as I felt comfortable with her sharing some of that content with me. Mm-hmm. She
0: would sort of filter through what came in from other people. Yes. Decide whether it was good for you to see it or not. And yes. then maybe like things that she thought, oh, this is probably not going to be helpful. She just responded to them and, you know, didn't
1: pass it on. Yes, there were there were moments like that. So like I said, there were times where we dedicate some time when I was in a good mental space yeah. to say, you know, share with me what's out there, even if it's things that she hadn't already filtered. And over time, that seemed to work. I think
0: that's a really, really interesting concept to keep patients from really getting all of the oh, I have to say the stupid stories that people want to share about, oh, my aunt Josephine had cancer and it was metastatic within three months. And then she was dead four months later. I mean, every cancer patient has this story of somebody telling them that and having somebody to sort of filter some of them out. Freaking brilliant. (laughs) I love it.
1: Yeah. So I was happy with that.
0: And so you were, you had a positive biopsy. What stage were you? Stage two. Okay. Um, You had lymph node involvement?
1: Yes, two. We decided collectively with my team that while it was localized to the right breast, that I had made the conscious decision that I was going to have a bilateral Mm -hmm. mastectomy with the lymph nodes Mm -hmm. removed as well and tested, what have you. With that being said, the recovery time, and then as part of the treatment, starting in September of 2014, I started on chemotherapy, Mm -hmm. which was eight rounds every two weeks, which ended at the middle of December, and then I had my expanders taken out right before the holidays
0: mm-hmm. and
1: had my implants put in. So I was okay. like, "Snap, snap, 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 snap! Get it done, get it done, get it done!" Awesome.
0: And then they put you on tamoxifen after the chemotherapy. Correct. Probably adromycin and cytoxin followed by taxol.
1: I would assume. That sounds familiar. Yes. <laughs> it's although been a I while. Can't, although I can't remember what I had for lunch yesterday, but yeah, those <laughs> That's ring about. So funny.
0: With the results of the mastectomy, you did not need any radiation, correct?
1: Well, it is correct. I weighed the benefits Mm -hmm. versus the side effects. And based on those statistics, so I did meet with a radiation oncologist and made the conscious decision that the benefits did not outweigh the side effects. Mm -hmm. And that was my choice. Okay. Awesome.
0: You have been now seven years- So you are past that five-year mark, which is a beautiful place to be.
1: Absolutely.
0: Tell me what you recall being some of your lowest points and also some of your
1: best moments during all of that. I didn't like feeling lethargic. Mm -hmm. I didn't like, and this theme will come up later, I didn't like asking people for help. (laughs) That does not surprise me, knowing you. So my lowest points, although some might think it was a opportunity for growth, was I had to break down and ask for help. Mm -hmm.
0: One of the things I tell people all the time is that actually letting people help is actually a kindness to them Hmm. because so many people really desperately want to feel like there's something they can do. And when you tell them, I don't want anything and I don't need anything and I don't need your help now, they feel at a loss. So I tell people all the time, it's actually a kindness to let the people who offer help find something for them to do because it makes them feel better and it helps you.
1: you Agreed. Agreed. I would say the best part was just the empowerment of going through the journey and seeing myself come out the other side. I had ebbs and flows during my journey of comparing myself to other cancer patients and their journey, Mm -hmm. where I would say there are cancer patients that I know personally that had to have a year of chemotherapy. Yeah, I only had to have eight rounds over four months. Yes, I lost my hair, you know, the whole nine yards. There are cancer patients who, part of their cancer journey, there's no chemotherapy, so they don't lose their hair. They don't have that physical dynamic to have to deal with. So I made peace with, you know what, this is my journey. This is what I'm going through. I'm not going to feel guilty about it or compare myself to others And I'm going to fight the good fight. It's amazing, isn't it? After you go through something like that, you realize you're so much stronger
0: than you ever thought you were.
1: 100%.
0: What is your favorite thing that came out of the cancer?
1: My favorite thing that came out of my cancer journey is all of the phenomenal people that I have met along the way not only that I have met, but that have stayed in my tribe thus far that I would have never crossed paths with Mm -hmm. or even had an inkling that they were out there in the universe for me if I had not gone through my cancer journey.
0: You participated in a very special fundraiser through the hospital that led to a
1: real opening up of something new and different in your life, didn't you? I did. And thank you for mentioning that because it has sustained me even past my cancer journey. So an annual fundraiser through the hospital, which involves ballroom dancing. And it is an opportunity for cancer patients and cancer doctors to participate in the event. Each cancer patient that is involved and each cancer doctor that is involved is paired up with a professional ballroom dancing instructor to learn a specific ballroom dance. And the fundraising event itself, which is Survivors in Step, is a way to mimic what you see on network TV as Dancing with the Stars, where it's a friendly competition between the, I'd say, six or seven couples in total. And I will never, ever, ever forget the decision that I made. I was in the office with my oncology doctor for my sixth month follow-up. And the first thing out of her mouth was, would you like to learn ballroom dance and be <laughs> involved in a fundraiser? I looked at her with five heads and I said, well, tell me a little bit about it. So she told me about it. She says, well, I'm gonna do it and this is what's involved. And I said, well, let me think about it. And I think she could see my body language that it was way outside my comfort zone. And way outside, collecting all the facts to make a decision like that. And she said, I get the feeling that you're not interested. And I said, I'm not. And she's like, I can understand that. And I said, well, you know what? Just let me think about it. On my way home, I called my nurse navigator. And I said, do you know anything about this Survivors in Step fundraiser? And I couldn't even get the rest of my sentence out (laughs) to say... I'm considering doing it or it was presented to me. All she said was, you have to do it. And that's all I needed to hear because I trusted her and she was becoming a good friend of mine. The rest is history.
0: I had actually participated in it the year before you. And. It was life changing for me and for some of the other cancer patients in there. I, you know, I think it was just such a beautiful thing for so many patients over the years to just really have this new, amazing thing that made you feel so graceful and so beautiful and really so alive after having gone through such a tough challenge in life. So, After cancer, we actually met up. How did that even happen?
1: Oh, I know (laughs) why. You and I became Facebook friends, and in following your journey as a doctor and your journey to move forward with the group, I saw your post in my Facebook feed. And that was another moment for me, another milestone to say, Hmm. this looks interesting. This is someone obviously that I trust. Let me learn a little bit more about it. And you were very kind in setting up personal one-on-ones with the folks that were interested to get a little bit more detail. And I think Mm -hmm. that really is a testament to the way that you operate. Because in a day and age being very much closed off, having a conversation really shows that you care and that it also shows that you're giving any participant like myself a voice to be able to give you some insight into where they're coming from. Yeah,
0: that's right. I had forgotten that you actually came in through one of the free mini sessions that I did. Yeah. So we met, we chatted about the program and you decided to join. Yes. I, in the moment, I was actually surprised because I was like, wow, she's not even really heavy. Why is she joining my weight loss group? Um, But tell people how much you've lost.
1: I have lost actually as of, this coming week, 29 pounds. Holy crap. That's even more than it was the last time I
0: talked to you about it. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. And like I said, like I didn't feel like you were like
1: significantly
0: overweight when we started. I mean, so it's amazing. that You look
1: phenomenal. Thank you very much. And it wasn't so much about the look, and thank you for that. You're not the first person who has said that to me, even when my weight does fluctuate. I mean, I knew that the way that I was eating or the way that I was treating food in my life, I think that's even better way to phrase it, was not healthy. Yeah, I think you've really
0: come to a lot of amazing realizations about what you were using food for.
1: 100%.
0: And I remember when we started, you telling me that every night you ate ice cream, because that was just what you did at the end of a long, stressful day. When's the last time you sat down with just
1: an unplanned bowl of ice cream at night? I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I have not had ice cream since before, since October. And we started in November. I have not had ice cream.
0: That's amazing that you've actually, you you made a commitment that I'm not gonna just sit down and eat a bowl of ice cream. And you have actually stuck with that. Kudos to you. Thank you
1: very much. Thank you very much.
0: (laughs) What did you learn through your cancer journey that you think other people would really benefit from knowing as they start
1: their journey? Collecting information Mm -hmm. at a pace that you feel comfortable with. Trusting your team of doctors. Don't be afraid to ask questions.
0: Oh, that's such a good one. You know, I think so many people feel intimidated asking questions. And I do feel, too, that, like, getting a cancer diagnosis and all the information that comes at you all at once it's like drinking from a fire hose you know it is just a deluge of information all at once and yeah you know taking a moment and saying okay i need to just process this is just
1: really useful for so many people i echo exactly what you just said and even when it comes to asking questions it's even the opportunity to say, Well, let me repeat it back to you in my mm. own words to make sure that I understand, or even to say, And with, without apology, mm-hmm. can you dumb it down for me?
0: <laughs> I, you know, the problem is you get these subspecialized physicians, and not all of us are good at really putting it in layman's terms. I feel like that's one of the places where I am really good at things, but you know, When you realize that radiation oncologists in their training get the equivalent of a PhD in physics to get a radiation oncology degree, you know, we're super geeky. And, you know, a lot of those super geeky people have a hard time sort of (laughs)
1: dumbing it down. (laughs) And you know what? It's funny. We can joke about dumbing it down, it could end up being just based on vernacular we're so comfortable in our space and we're good at what we do, that doesn't necessarily mean that if we try to emote it to someone else who is not in our circle, doesn't mean that they're not intelligent, doesn't mean that they can't absorb or understand what we're saying, but we might need to give it a little bit more TLC.
0: Most people, when they come in, they don't even know the difference between chemotherapy and radiotherapy. You know, to them, it's all cancer treatment and they don't know which is what. Um, So there's so much learning that has to happen. So I think that's really good advice to, you know, take it at your own pace, slow it down, ask questions, make sure you understand it. And I love that comment that one of the things that's helpful is to repeat it back. That's really a good technique for making sure you really
1: understand it. Yes. And I will circle back to another technique that I used with my sister. Since she is local to where I live, when she was available, she would actually come to some of my doctor's appointments so that I could actively listen and have eye contact with my doctor and ask questions back and forth. And she would be my scribe. Mm -hmm. So, between what I absorbed in the moment and the notes that she was taking was huge. It Mm -hmm. didn't happen all the time, but I highly recommend it. Definitely. Now we're
0: going to shift back and going through the coaching group. What do you think the real benefits were of that for you? I know from talking to
1: you that it was not just the weight loss that you felt like was useful. It was not just the weight loss. And thank you for calling that out. It was an opportunity for me to recognize how I deal with stress. Everybody deals with stress differently. And until I started digging in and really getting into the program with your guidance, gave me the tools to be able to recognize it as well as the tools to be able to pivot to either a different thought or a different technique or really take ownership of that stress. And what do I have in my immediate control to either reduce or eliminate the stress? That's right. I think for all of us, It's just a testament to, regardless of how intense your work environment is, as human beings, we all deserve to recognize those stressful points so that they don't escalate. We need to speak up and say, I need a break. Yeah. Such
0: a better place that you're in, from my standpoint, than you were six months ago when we started all of our work together.
1: I agree. I mean, I've just
0: seen so many changes in you, so many changes in how you parent, so many changes in how you address the stresses that come up in life, so many changes in how you think about the relationships with the people that are in your life. So now comes the question that I always ask people Everybody always is a little surprised, but then they think about it and they sort of like the question. So if you had it to do over again, if you could erase your cancer, but also erase all the learning that came with it and go back to where you were before that and just be healthy, or if you could keep your cancer and be where you are today,
1: which would you choose? I would keep my cancer and be where I am today. It's amazing, isn't it? Amazing is really not even a strong enough word (laughs) to describe not only the evolution, but just what I've learned and who has come with me along the way. I would never trade that in a million years. I love it. I love it. Anything else you want to tell us today? Just that it's good to... Keep a positive attitude for sure. While there may be moments where you feel your lowest, there's always a glimmer to feel positive about. Mm -hmm. Even if that means getting out of bed in the morning. I know that sounds cliche, but it does get better. And definitely lean on your family and friends as much as you can. They want you to.
0: They want you to. For sure. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. It was so nice to have you here today with us. And I'm sure everybody's going to really love hearing from you. Thank you. Thank you
1: very much, Deb. I appreciate it.
0: Thanks for listening to Best Life After Cancer. Did you know you can get more information on my website, bestlifeaftercancer.com? There is also a Facebook page, Best Life After Cancer MD, where there is a group just for survivors. Here you are able to interact with me, ask questions, and get more help. I'd love to see you there. Have a great week, and I'll speak with you soon.